All right. Well, good morning, everybody. Hey, man, if you're new here, thank you so much for visiting us. Uh, my name is Dave Nelson, pastor here at K2. And uh, how many of you stayed up late and watched fireworks? All right. Wow, look at that. We are American. Most of us do that. Finally, for 12 years, I've been wanting to do this. We actually watched the fireworks from our roof of our house, which was so cool because we live near Sugar House Park. And I always thought, why mess with the crowd? Let's just go up to the roof. It wasn't all that great, actually. I, I really did. I thought it was going to be so much better than watching it from the lawn, and it really wasn't. But I finally now I've experienced it, and I'm glad. Well, this weekend, you can't help but stop and think about freedom. And I will say, watching those fireworks go off and thinking about our national anthem, the bombs bursting in air so that you and I could live in a free country. It's an amazing, amazing gift. Now, if you read the Bible, what you're going to see is that Jesus Christ is actually all about freedom too. In fact, it says, if Christ sets you free, you're free indeed. It is for freedom that he sets you free. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you're going to know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, and this is our fourth week on this. And as we know, there's a lot of mystery to who he is. One of my favorite verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. What does that mean? Well, we've been talking about in the Gospel of John, which we've been looking at, is the story of Jesus. Jesus, as he explains the Holy Spirit, we realize that everything is about relationship. Everything. So the Holy Spirit is here to help us actually have a real relationship with God. And so if freedom is involved wherever the Holy Spirit is, somehow it means that we're free to be in relationship with God. We're free from the things that keep us from being in relationship with God, and we're free to pursue a different relationship, an intimate relationship with God. So a few weeks ago, we talked about the fact that you have to be born. Jesus said you actually have to be born of the Spirit. So, so and that's a relational term. You become a child, child father. It's all about relationship. But that Spirit has to come inside you. That has to happen first. Secondly, we talked about the fact that to even have the possibility of having a relationship with God, you actually have to have the Holy Spirit. Because as the scripture says, no one knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit within him. So nobody actually knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So if you're actually going to know God and what he actually thinks, you have to have the Holy Spirit come inside of you. Then last week we talked about the certainty of relationship. How can you know for sure that you really do have a relationship with God. Y'all starting to get nervous? So today, we're going to talk about the intimacy that we can actually have with God. First service, people actually literally were trembling as I started walking up these stairs. How you doing? Good. Cool. Let's see. Um, can I move in here real quick? Yeah, I'll sit right in there. I'll come right in here. There you go. All right. How you guys doing? Doing great. Doing good? Right. You're more comfortable than the person in the first service. That's all right. Cool. So here's what we're going to do. If you guys are going to watch up on the screen.
I'm not working. There I am. Okay. So the Spirit, for us to be able to even understand what I'm going to talk about today, look at this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul says, we declare God's wisdom. And it's a mystery that has been hidden and that God has destined for our glory before time began. So before anything was created, God had a plan. He had a mystery. And he's finally revealed it to us. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written... What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So you guys see what that means? God prepared stuff for us who love him, and nobody's been able to figure it out. (laughs) No mind, no eye, no ear. These are the things that God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, and hopefully I'll speak this morning. Not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. Explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. So you guys, I just want to where we're going to go today is um, it's spiritual reality. And this isn't anything that any human being, you are never going to figure this out. Not in human wisdom. So what we're going to go today is if, if this, I just wanted you to, to know, to even be able to get what we're going to talk about today, <laughs> you need the Spirit to help it. It's the only way it's going to happen, okay? So let me pray. I'm going to ask God to start doing this for us, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. For you have not left us alone here to figure out who you are, but you have revealed to us your reality. Thank you, Lord, for we know that we are spiritual people. There's a spirit inside of us. We are spirit in a body. And we thank you that you now give us your spirit so that we can freely understand spiritual realities. What's really true about you, about us, and about this life? Now I just ask, in the name of Jesus Christ, that your Holy Spirit here today would reveal these truths. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So today, we're talking about intimacy, and uh, when you think about the word intimacy, just by definition, it means close. So, how's it feel to be close? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Actually, isn't it interesting, because I can tell you right now, what's going on right here? Us? 
is really different than what's going on with you all the way over the side of the room, right? Your experience this morning is different because there's three things that have to happen. I'm going to leave you alone now. You're good. I won't sit here all day. There's three things that have to happen for intimacy, okay? The first one is proximity. Just by by definition of the word, you have to be close. And it is really interesting, man, because some of you, as soon as I walk up here, you feel very uncomfortable, right? Sometimes we don't like intimacy. We don't want to get too close. The other thing, though, it takes proximity to actually be intimate. Then it also takes time to really be intimate. And then the third thing is it takes vulnerability. So that's what we're going to look at today. If we're going to have intimacy with God... It takes proximity, time, and vulnerability. So grab your Bibles and uh, open up to John chapter 14. If you have downloaded our app, the K2 app, refresh that app, and there, uh, all my notes and all the scripture will be right there on your phone for you. Or you can go ahead and do version and pull that up. So here's what Jesus is going to teach us today about the Holy Spirit and about the intimacy that's possible with God. Verse 15, chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. So Jesus starts off, and he says, there's a couple different camps here. If you love him, then you obey him. And, and really, you talk about intimacy, that's what intimacy is, right? Love means intimacy. And if you love somebody, then that means you somehow trust him. So what Jesus is really saying here is if you love me, then you, then you trust me. You put your faith in me. And that just precedes obedience. So he, here's what he knows. If you actually love me, you just do what I say. And, and so you put your faith in me. Now, What he says here is that the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Now he says, if anybody's of the world, this reality we're going to talk about hasn't taken place yet. The Holy Spirit hasn't come in yet because the Holy Spirit is a gift to those who actually put their faith in God and received him. And this gift, the spirit of truth, he says, is a helper. Same word that we looked at last week. Greek word meaning paraclete, one who comes to your side, all right? So here's what we're going to learn today. The first three things that I'm looking at about the intimacy that we have with God are truths, because it's a spirit of truth. There are three things that are just true about anybody who's received Christ. So if you have put your faith in Christ and received him, you're going to learn three things about you today. And then the fourth thing we're going to look at is, if these three things are true about me and my intimacy with God, how do I actually experience it? How many of you are experiencing intimacy with God? Because it is what Jesus came for. All right? So here we go. Number one, we are intimate through proximity. So let's look at proximity. The first thing that we see here is that the Holy Spirit 
is in your midst. Verse 16, Jesus said, I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Now, what's interesting, in this, in right here, the word with is the Greek word that means meta. It's, well, the, it's the word meta, I'm sorry. And what it means is, he's in your midst. So, today, what you could all say, right, is, hey, I was with Dave Nelson today. Could you all say that? Okay, because I'm with you, and you're with me, because we're in each other's midst. So one of the things that happens is, as soon as you receive Christ, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit's with you, okay? He's in your midst. One of my favorite verses that I, you guys can write this one down, I use this all the time for myself, is Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8. It's an Old Testament verse, but it says this, the Lord himself goes before you, And will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So, part of the hope that happens when you're a Christian is that as soon as I receive Christ, I get the gift of the Holy Spirit, this helper, and the helper's with me. Now, Jesus goes on and he gets even more intimate. The second thing he says is about proximity is this is that the Holy Spirit dwells by your side. Verse 17 says, Jesus says, you know him, for he dwells with you. Now, the word dwell here means to remain. So the Holy Spirit remains with you. He dwells. So that's why some of your translations, you might have a Bible. Sometimes the translation is he dwells. Sometimes it's he abides. Sometimes it's he lives. And it's the difference. Basically, what Jesus is saying is, when you receive the Holy Spirit, he's not a visitor. He doesn't visit. So yesterday, we had a great 4th of July with some good friends of ours in our neighborhood. Spent all afternoon together, watched the fireworks on our roof, played a bunch of basketball after that. And then what'd they do? Yeah, they left. <laughs> That's what they're supposed to do, right? <laughs> Love. They, they, but they went home. Why? Because they don't live with me. They don't live with us. So they left because they were friends. But then I put my kids to bed, and Susie and I lay down in bed. She's by my side. You guys know this, right? (laughs) You know someone way more intimately when they live with you. When they live with you. And what Jesus wants you to know is when you receive the Holy Spirit, he remains. He lives with you. And now what's interesting, if you guys can throw back up there, verse 17, he says, you know him, for he dwells, and here's the word again, with you. But in the verse 16, with was the Greek word meta. It means in your midst. In this verse, the Greek word is para which means by your side. And that's why I did that illustration, right? Because when I sat by your side, (laughs) that's really different than being in the same room with each other, isn't it? You guys, do you understand this? Do you sense, those of you who are in this room who are Christians, what Jesus is saying is the Holy Spirit comes with you, and he's not only with you in your midst, he's right here. 
And maybe some of you have experienced that, right? You, maybe you're a little bit nervous and you go into a big room with lots of people and you say, you better stay right by my side. I don't care that you're in the same room with me. I need you right here. If you're in danger and there was a paraclete, a helper, and he was in the room with you, boy, that would make you feel a lot better. But if he was right by your side in that foxhole with you, that's what Jesus wants you to know about the Holy Spirit. So he's in your midst. He dwells and remains and lives by your side. But here's the one, you guys, that is so fascinating. I have thought about this for 28 years. And I'll be honest with you, I think even this week for me, I'm gaining a little bit more of an understanding. And that's this. Jesus says, he's in your midst, he's by your side, but he is in you. He's in you. Now, what does this mean? 1 Corinthians 2.7, what I read to you was, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. What I'm going to share with you is a mystery, and that word mystery means not something you can figure out. It must be revealed to you. And this is God's destiny for you that he planned before time began. This is his plan for you. And then in verse 12, it says, what we have received is not the spirit of the world. It is not. What I'm going to share with you is so not human wisdom. The spirit we received is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Okay, bring on. What did you give me? What did you destine for me before time began? And for all eternity, and in Colossians 1, 26 and 27, it says it right here. The mystery that has been hidden for ages and generations is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, you guys, this is so spiritual, so amazing, so fascinating, and it is eternal life. Okay, this is what it actually means to be a Christian. All right, so what did he say? He says in verse 17, go ahead and throw verse 17 back up. Sorry, I'm going to keep going back at you. He goes, you know him because he is in you. Now, in another place, Paul, a writer in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, he says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So when I receive the Holy Spirit and he comes in me, somehow I become completely new. I don't get better. Did you guys hear that? And I don't all of a sudden I'm not better. I'm new. I'm completely different. Then in the first message of the series, Jesus said to even see the kingdom of God and to be able to enter into God's kingdom, you must be born of the Spirit. So, let me try to give you an example of what this means. Because I know for me, I think for, I think maybe until this week, maybe, and let me ask some of you Christians in here, some of you follow Christ. When you thought about the Holy Spirit being in you, how many of you kind of pictured, well, here I am, right? 
I'm this person, and then the Holy Spirit comes inside and he takes place in my heart. How many of you kind of, how many of you have that image or visual? Okay, all right, not very many of you, but I do. Uh, but that's, that's kind of my picture. I picture he comes in me. It is so unbelievably more intimate than that. And the only way we can understand spiritually what happens to a person when they put their faith in Christ is to understand what happens in sexual union. This is why sex matters so much to God. Because there's something that happens physically, right? So, everybody, have a mom and dad. Everybody got one of those? All right. Who are you? Here's who you are. One cell from your dad joined with one cell from your mom. And the two became one. And who's that one? You. You are a creation of two separate physical cells. And what God is trying to help us understand is this. You are so, and here's what's interesting, real quick. And you are so intertwined, right? You might have have some capacities that are kind of like your mom. You might have some that are like your dad. But you are you. And nobody can like pull those things apart and say, no, this is, no. You're a new creation. And so what the Bible is trying to help us to understand is somehow spiritually, My spirit receives the Holy Spirit, and it makes a new creation. I am, Jesus said, what? Born again. And so what's crazy is in the spiritual realm, what God is saying is, and and Paul says this all the time, and it always used to be so interesting to me. Why half the time in the New Testament does it say that you're in Christ, you're in Christ, you're in Christ, and the other half the time it says Christ is in you, Christ is in you, Christ is in you. And I always used to go, well, which one is it? Well, it's both. Because the Bible says that if anyone is united with the Lord, he is one with him in spirit. John 3, 6. Humans can only produce human life but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So here's the spiritual reality. Now you see why nobody's going to figure this out? Do you see why this had to be revealed from God? What he's saying is, I don't just believe in him. I don't just follow him. He's not just in my midst. He's not only by my side, but somehow he's in me, so intertwined in my spirit that today I am a completely different creation. Yeah, that's just... Now, let me say something. The realization of that changes everything. It changes everything. This week for me, my life has been different. This is why I love God, man. I'm going I'm to keep figuring him out till the day I die. Right? Because I got a little pea brain. Anybody else got a pea brain? Okay? 
God is so much more glorious than me. I'm going to keep getting to know him. But I want to tell you this. When I received Christ, and, and, let me, and, and this is really important, because what I'm going to tell you is this. Anything less than your spirit being united with his spirit and you becoming a new creation, it's not Christianity. It's not Christianity. And this is why some of you are so frustrated because you're like, wait a second, man, I like go to church. I'm trying to be a good person. I'm reading the Bible. Jesus tells me to do these things. I'm trying to do them. Can I just tell you guys something? This is so fascinating. You can go to church, try to be a good person, and try to do what Jesus tells you to do and not be a Christian. Because the only thing that makes you a Christian is what? Putting your faith in Christ, receiving his Holy Spirit, and having you be born again into an absolute new creation in Jesus. That's the only thing that makes you a Christian. And so this is why when I look at people and I see there are so many people who reject Christianity, and I honestly want to say most people are rejecting something that's not even Christianity. It's a pseudo thing. It's a human-made religious thing with a tapped-on Christian label. But I want to tell you, man, when you truly put your faith in Jesus and your heart gets transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are never the same again. Now, can I ask you something? And I'm, I, I cannot ask you more seriously. Has that ever happened to you? If that hasn't happened to you, then I dare say you're not a Christian. But you know what's so cool? He's saying, all you got to do is trust me. Just love me. Trust me. Put your faith in me today, and I will give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you will be born again, and you'll be a new creation. What does that mean? I want to tell you, the weirdest thing for me was, when I received Christ by faith for the first time, I hadn't done one cotton-picking thing at all to try to be good. (laughs) And I received him by faith. From that day on, I have longed for God. Where did that longing come from? I didn't have it. Human beings don't have that. The Holy Spirit gives it to you. So some of you are like, wait a second, man, I need some desire inside of me for God. Well, be born again. Ask him just to transform you. Have his spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience. The Holy Spirit is the only one who always says yes to God. And that's what you need to have joined with your spirit that doesn't want to follow God at all. That's why even today, walking with Jesus for 30 years, I want to do what he wants me to do, and I don't want to do what he wants me to do. Anybody say amen? Amen. Okay. But thank God I at least want to do what he wants me to do. And the only reason I do is because the Holy Spirit has come inside my life. I would never follow God if I wasn't born again. I needed him to change me and to make me a new creation. And now... The Spirit speaks to me. He does. He has led me for 30 years. He has caused me to do things I would have never chosen to do, like be a pastor. 
Never want to be a pastor. Move to Salt Lake <laughs> and start a church here. Almost everything in my life, the only reason I am who I am is by the grace of God and because the Spirit came inside me and he leads me and he speaks to me. Do you know him? Jesus says, you know him if he lives in you. That's Christianity. And that's life. And that's why Jesus said, this is eternal life. It's that you actually know him. So, if you're here today, and you're not a Christian, if you say, man, I have never put my faith in Christ, here's what I just want to encourage you with. The greatest news for you today is God wants you to listen to me really clear if you're just checking this whole thing out. Quit trying to be good. Quit trying to be religious. Quit trying to do everything on your own. And instead, admit by faith and confess in your heart, I believe in you, Jesus, and I want to receive you into my life. Forgive me of all my sin and make me a new creation. May I be born of your spirit. And you'll become his child. And his nature enmeshes with your nature, and you're different. Now, for all of us in this room, if this is what Jesus says is true about you, the Holy Spirit is in your midst. He's right by your side. He's actually in you, not in here. He's in you. Then the question is, why don't I experience that? Why don't I have this intimacy with God? Where is the love? Where is the joy? Where is the peace? The patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, and the self-control. The fruit of the Spirit. Why is it, right? So here's what I want to tell you. How come I can't hear his voice? So here's the fourth thing that we need to understand. The first three things are things that are just true about you. Okay? Oh, I didn't even get to number two and three. I'm so sorry. I got so stuck on that one. Let me just, these next two I'm going to hit really quick. We're intimate through proximity. Number two, we're intimate through time. Okay? John 14, 16, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you. What? That kind of a long time. All right? I know my wife more and more and more because of the years we spend together. The longer you're with the Holy Spirit, the more intimate you're going to be with him. Okay? So intimate through time. Number three, you're intimate through vulnerability. You got it? He says in verse 17, you know him. Oh, it's, it's supposed to be 17. I brought the wrong one up there. Verse 14 says, you're intimate through vulnerability. Jesus says, you know him. So what this means, you guys, is it takes faith to know God. You don't walk by sight. He says you walk by faith. Faith means I trust him. So what does it mean to know him? The only way you can know God intimately, personally, is you have to trust God to come in to all of your life. And to the level that you let him in, that's the level that you actually know him. Do you let God into your relationships? Do you let him? Is he in your marriage? Is he in your parenting? Is he in you at work? Is he in your recreation? Is he in your vision and your dreams for the future? Is he in your sin? 
So you got to let God into all those things. And just like I'm freaking people out when I get close to them up here on the stairs, sometimes letting God get in is pretty freaky. But as soon as you do, you realize, oh my God, you are good. You are good. Your ways are good. You can heal my marriage. You can give me strength. You can give me wisdom. You can heal my hurts of my past. So you know him now. If you don't let God into your life, if you just go to church and learn things and then go out and don't ever bring God into your life, Jesus says that's like the foolish guy who hears my words and doesn't put them into practice. Because now you think you've engaged with God, but you never did. So if you know him, it's because you've trusted him to come into your life. The second thing is, you don't just trust him to come into your life. Then you have to trust God and you have to join him in his life. He'll ask you to do things and you say yes. And every time you follow God, and oh my goodness, this is, a, this is why I call K2 the church an adventure with God. Because what I found is he asked me to do things that are freaky. But I, the only way I've ever experienced God is by saying yes to him. Doing what he asked me to do. And then he becomes real. But that means you got to be vulnerable, man. That means you got to be, it's scary to be vulnerable. But that's where Jesus meets us. All right, so there you go. Intimate through proximity, through time, and through vulnerability. If those things are true about me, then how do I experience them? And here's where the last one is. The only way that this reality can be experienced in reality is you only can be intimate through worship. You're intimate with God through worship. In John chapter 4, Jesus said this. The hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father, listen to this one, the Father is seeking such people to worship. How many of you would love to know that God's seeking after you? Isn't that cool? You want to be intimate with God? So here's God. His eyes are like roaming around going, oh, man, I love my people. Who's he seeking after? People who are true worshipers. In verse 24, he says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So, what is worship? Every human being worships something. Because all worship is, it's your response to whatever you value most. Whatever is most important to you. Really, what worship is, it's the thing that you think about, dream about, figure out how to be engaged with so you can experience it. You devote your time and your energy to it. You pour your finances into it. You'll sacrifice to get it. You look, and here's why. Because whatever you worship is the thing that you believe is going to satisfy you. And so you give your life to it. And everybody's got something. You're betting your life on something, every one of you in this room. And whatever that thing is that is your devotion, that you give your time to, your energy to, and your resources to, what is that thing when it comes down to a final decision and you say, I'm going to do this because I believe that my work or having money or this relationship or this person is somehow going to satisfy me? 
That's what you worship. Can I just share with you something? This is so interesting. Intimacy comes through worship. Because whatever you're devoted to, you give yourself to it. You let it impact every part of your life. And whatever you worship changes you. It transforms you. That's why you can see if somebody worships the American dream. It's easy to tell someone that if that's what they're devoted to. That's how you can tell if somebody worships a person. Because they give all their time and their energy. Everything depends on that person and how they feel about you. What do you worship? And here's what's crazy. It gets so enmeshed in you that it transforms you. And so, intimacy with God. To really experience him only comes through making him the thing that I believe will only satisfy me. See, when I actually believe that God is the greatest thing for me, when I actually believe that he created me, and the only reason I'm even here is because of him, when I trust him because I know that all of his ways are good, even though his ways are not my ways, when I want to know him more than anything else, I worship him. And Galatians 5.25 puts it this way. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So here's what I want to help you to understand, and we'll close with this. I put my faith in Christ. I'm one with him. And yet, I can still say no to him. And when I say no to the Spirit, I get out of step with the Spirit, right? I'm not in step with him. And now, you know what happens? It's just like your marriage or any relationship. You can still be married, and yet you've grieved your spouse. Anybody ever grieve your spouse, right? You can quench the fire of your romance. Anybody ever quench the fire of your romance? See, the Bible says you can grieve the Holy Spirit, and you can quench his fire. And so today, all of you who are Christians in here, are you experiencing intimacy with God? Are you full of his joy? Has he made his joy complete? Are you full of his love? Are you at total rest and at complete peace? You can be because you can know him. But if you're out of step with him, if you don't follow him, if you don't worship him, if all of a sudden I'm a Christian, but the truth is I really believe I need this more than God, so I give my time and my devotion and my resources to that. That's actually what you worship. And so even though you have this intimate relationship with you're not experiencing it, and today all he wants to say is, then get back in step. There's two questions I've been asking myself this last six months. Write these down. These will be very helpful for you. Almost every morning, I ask the Holy Spirit two questions. Here's the first one. I look back at my whole day, the day before, and I go, is there anything I did you didn't want me to do? Is there anything I did you didn't want me to do? And as soon as that comes to my mind, I confess it to him. And the scripture says, as soon as you confess that sin, he's faithful and just forgive you and cleanse you and I get it out. Is there anything I did you didn't want me to do? Second thing I ask him is this. Is there anything you wanted me to do and I didn't do it? Is there anything you wanted me to do and I didn't do it?
And as soon as that comes to my mind, I confess that to him. And this is the really hard one, because what's that mean I got to do? I got to go do it. (laughs) It's really easy to kind of come to church. I'll be honest with you, it's hard to keep in step with the Spirit. Because his ways are not my ways. But I want to tell you, as soon as you obey him, because Jesus says, if you love me, you obey me. As soon as you worship him, as soon as you obey him, you will get in step with the Spirit. And he will strengthen you with power in your inner being, and Christ will dwell in your heart through faith. His love and his joy and his peace will come back. You are a child of God, born of his spirit. He is enmeshed with you. You are baptized into Christ. And every one of you in this room, if you've never put your faith in Christ, if you have never had that transformation take place, today, if you feel any nudging by his spirit, you can simply put your faith in Christ Repent, turn from your sin, turn from your ways of walking without God, and you will receive forgiveness, and you'll receive the Holy Spirit, and he will change you forever. And if you're a Christian today, and you know you received him, but you're just not walking with him, then today's your day. So, Ben, come on, come up, and let me pray for us. God, I just want to say thank you. First of all, I want to say thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. I know for me, my life makes no sense except for the fact that you changed me. You literally changed me by your Spirit becoming one with mine. Thank you for your presence with me, by my side, and in me. Thank you for the way you speak, for the way you lead, for the way you give wisdom and strength. I thank you for your spirit. And Lord, I just pray right now in this moment that your Holy Spirit would do your work again today. And if there's anyone here who has yet to know you, who has yet to become your child, born of your spirit through faith, I pray that today you'd encourage them to take that step. And Lord, for every one of your kids, (laughs) those that you already dwell within forever, I pray right now you'd be speaking to them about what they're doing that you don't want them to do and about what they're not doing that you've asked them to do. And I pray you'd make it really clear. And I pray that you would give them strength and grace to respond to you this morning so they can get back in step and live. And live by the Spirit. Thank you for this revelation of this spiritual reality. Thank you for the way you make everything new. Love you in Jesus' name. Amen.
So here's what we're going to do. Our greeters are getting ready to take the offering. <laughs> I, I'm just going to be point blank with you. This is one of those spiritual realities that happens when you are born again, is God's spirit is the most generous spirit on the planet. <laughs> and as soon as his spirit meshes with yours, he makes you generous. It's just, it's just one of the things that Christians do is they don't live for themselves anymore, but for him. And one way we live for him is we say, well, you're first, right? You're God. That means you're first in my life. So I give, when I receive financially from you, the first thing I do is I give a portion back to you. In fact, we often think we're giving to God, but the truth is we're just returning back to him what's his in the first place. That's all, that's all you're doing. So go ahead and take the offering. And then um, while we're taking the offering, we're gonna give you a chance to engage your heart in worship. Some of the words in this song are so perfect. You're gonna say, God, take my hand and draw me into you. I wanna be swept away and lost in love for you. No turning back, I've made up my mind. I'm giving all my life this time. Your love makes it worth it. So we're gonna surrender. If you guys want to experience eternal life, and oneness and intimacy with God, then whatever it is he's asking you to do today, just raise up your hands and heart and surrender. Give it to him and walk out of here brand new. All right? So go ahead and stand. We're gonna give you a second here just to be quiet as the band's playing and see if the spirit will reveal to you right now what it is that he wants you, what step he wants you to take so you can get back in sync and experience life as he destined you to have. Let's do it.